Yeah, so he thinks ASAP Rocky's name is WhatsApp Ricky. travel for christmas also i really like the format when there's four of us in here because it's like i get a rectangle for everybody it's great yeah it looks super (laughs) nice um how was y'all's christmas first and foremost this is the most important part how was everybody's christmas trey you were sober on christmas which is surprising to me yeah i uh i was pretty much sober on christmas um i got a lego set so that's pretty much just makes my christmas Nice. I love, I love Legos, dude. There's nothing better in the world than a good Lego set. <laughs> That's so. true. If anyone had any question, Trey is an alpha male. <laughs> alpha male don't, Legos. don't get it twisted. Don't get That's, it twisted. That's perfect. Um, I went to see Avatar again, so obviously my Christmas was amazing. Also, when I was in there, I was thinking, do you think anybody at BuzzFeed at the writer's room pr- pitched writing an article called Avatar 2, The Slay of Water? Because I feel like BuzzFeed would definitely write an article like that. Like like a Yas Queen Slay type yeah, of slay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slay like Christmas Slay. <laughs> no, 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 like Yas Queen Slay, but that, that Slay also works. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome or welcome back. We're your hosts, Blake, Christian, and Trey, and this is Totally Biased Music and we have a very special guest today. We have brought in good friend of mine who I'd say about 60% of the time I respect musically um, when it comes to his opinion. Um, he's a massive fucking Radiohead fan, so we had to bring him on for the Radiohead episode because I think Christian and I will balance him and Trey out pretty well. Um, anyway, welcome, Jordan. Thanks for joining us, man. It's exciting. What's up, fellas? Welcome, Jordan. <laughs> I should have queued up the clap track for that. <laughs> you should have. Uh, I'm really excited to have uh, a fellow Radiohead lover uh, to talk yeah, about it's like, this album. I'm probably, less excited many to of y'all out there. Uh, a lot. We're hiding in the shadows, but we're there. A lot. <laughs> but, uh, the biggest fan in the world. <laughs> but I'm, I'm less excited to share my opinion and more excited to tell you about how you two are wrong about your opinions. So yeah. <laughs> you fit in perfectly. That's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, today we're talking about um, OK Computer. Um, and before we get into the album, uh, I think it'd be good to just touch on when we all started listening to Radiohead and kind of our our uh, relationship for less lack of a better word with the band. Um, so Trey, you want to lead us off when you started becoming the, uh, the Radiohead dweeb that you are? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I started like, I mean, I've always listened to Radiohead as long as I've been like deep into music. Um, but as when I became like a big Radiohead fan was definitely, you know, that early college years, uh, where you really start diving into, um, I don't know, the more, like artistic side i think of like rock music specifically um and there's no one more artistic and better at making artistic rock music than radiohead um and the first album that ever really captured my my like attention is the most accessible one in my opinion which is in rainbows um i think in rainbows is a very accessible album and i also think it's 
I don't know. I have a different best Ray Hood album a, a different day of the week, honestly. Um, but In Rainbows is absolutely phenomenal. OK Computer um, probably was shortly after that, um, getting really, really into it. And then Kid A for me is my favorite Radiohead record. Um, I fucking love Kid A. Um, just like the, especially you have to realize like back in, and we won't wax poetic too much about Kid A because we'll probably do an episode on that one day, hopefully. Uh, but w- when you think about the time that it came out and like the using of like all of these and, you know, like synthesizers and electronic sounds from a band who had just made rock music before. Um, there's hints of it in OK Computer that we can talk about uh, once we get into those tracks. But um, Kid A to me is just, uh, it, I did just like literally last week, I was like laying down in front of some speakers, had a few drinks or whatever, and like literally just laid down and listened to Kid A front to back. It was awesome. Um, different experience that album every time. So yeah, I fucking love Radiohead. I've seen them a handful of times. Um, great show. Uh, Tom York is a hell of a showman. Um, so yeah, I'm nice. really interested to hear about what Jordan, like Jordan's history with Radiohead. Yeah. Take it, take it away, Jordan. Yeah, sure. I'll go next. Uh, basically my introduction to Radiohead was creep. Um, yeah. basically pretty, pretty much how everyone's Radiohead experience started, right? Yeah. Um, I think I dug the song a little bit. It wasn't like, I don't know. I, I was like, this is kind of like Nirvana light a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, it was on like what the first rock band or some shit like that. So I, yeah, that's <laughs> where I was introduced to it. Um, it didn't happen until college. I can thank my really good roommate, um, Eric Wallace. Uh, I believe he's in your grade tray. Oh and yeah. He was like a year ahead of me. I lived oh, yeah. there for a couple of years. I fucking know Eric Wallace. He used to live like up the street from me. His sister, yeah. Jamie mm-hmm. was, I think closer to my age, but yeah. No, he's good the man. Dude. I lived with him for a couple of years, uh, in college and he, I was coming off a really hardcore, like Arctic monkeys, like. Uh, Young the Giant kind of kick coming out of high school, even you know a lot of Dave Matthews band as well. But he introduced me to OK Computer. He had a poster on his wall of OK Computer, and I was like, you know what, man, that's Radiohead. Like I've heard of Radiohead, but I haven't heard of Radiohead. And I'll be completely honest: the first time I listened to OK Computer, I don't think I liked it. I hmm. think like I'm not sure what clicked for me. But the first time I listened to it, I was kind of like, it, I don't know, it just it, it didn't really make sense. And funny enough, the one that made most sense to me, which is one of the least accessible albums, is Kid A. The first time I listened to Kid A, I was like, okay, this is pretty freaking dope. And then I went back and listened. Well, I mean, I like went through like you know the Pablo Honey phase, and like this is pretty cool. And then like realizing Pablo Honey is not that that great <laughs> and then going through the bends and stuff like that and then making my way to okay computer and eventually being my favorite radiohead album okay computer like by far love in rainbows uh love kid a kid a is probably number two and rainbow is probably number three but um yeah just introduced i can thank my uh good roommate eric wallace <laughs> for for many nights without of the uh We'll we'll cut this out for my mother, but the uh, the old plastic GB and some uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. That's that's what led to it, man. It was it was good times for sure. That shaped a lot of my music I listen to today, for sure. Cool, nice, Christian. What about you? 
Radiohead was always this band that I kind of had, like I never fully immersed in, I never completely got into. What are you shaking your head for? Yeah, what are you shaking your head for? He just started. And you know what? Hold on. I wasn't going to say this, but if you bring up Wax Poetic again, if you say that again, I'm going to fucking kill you. Um, Okay, well, fair enough. But I'm listening to the album in the background, so I was just like, there was just a really solid guitar breakdown on Subterranean. Oh, so you're just shaking your head like, the fucking music is great. I always do that, but anyway, go ahead. They were just always kind of like on the fringe of things that I got into. It was always really, really close, but not anything I could get into like full album wise. I feel like how I initially got into Radiohead was probably from like a cinematic side, hearing tracks being used uh, through movies that, that I loved. And that's kind of, I think, makes sense with how I've listened to them. To listen to full albums just was never a thing for me. It it droned on and it was something that I could never get into. But I think for Radiohead, that was such a big part of my life was their music to me, or it's why it works cinematically. They're these little kind of blips that fit perfectly into these little life scenarios, you know, walking down like a street on like a really cold night and it's like pouring down snow or, you know, you're going through some, some really tough, I don't know, just cinematically it works. And I think it goes over well in those little parts of your life that it's like this backdrop that's playing. So that's why they always were a big influence on me. Um, and that's just kind of how I got like started listening to them. Uh, do you want me to go into this album or are we going to do that? Um, no, we can't in a second. I would like to say that's like when you're like 14 and something really hard happens to you. So you like look out the window at night and you're like, man, I wish Radiohead songs playing right now would make my life seem so much harder than it is. <laughs> By 14, you mean 29. Then yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> no, we need I, perspective though. We need, I have been I, told by multiple people multiple times throughout my life to listen to radiohead to get into radiohead that i would love radiohead from i shit you not probably everybody i know they seem like the one band that everybody i know that has all these eclectic tastes in music and different preferences all come together when it comes to radiohead and it seems like everybody has always told me like this is a band you'll love this is one of the best bands of all time and the the first album I actually listened to, and it was only because of the time of its release, was a moon shaped pool, and I really loved the moon shaped pool, and I loved that I can't remember the the one like really popular track that he made that video where he's walking through the snow. You guys know the track I'm talking about? I think it's daydreaming. Yeah. Daydreaming. Um. Yeah. Was I loved direction. Yeah, yep. yeah. I loved. Um. I loved the video, and I loved the song, and I really do like the album, but. I don't know, like you guys kind of talked about, it's hard to find an accessible Radiohead album. Like, I think you have to be in a certain mood for Radiohead and like a certain place just mentally and emotionally. And like, that was kind of, we can get into this later, not my issue with OK Computer, but something that I had to try to work past was like, I feel like with a lot of Radiohead stuff, you have to, it has to be the right time and the place for it. Um, So I had to listen to OK Computer like probably four or five times before I could feel like I, I, formed a solid opinion on it that I felt wasn't just like kind of thrown together. Um, so with that being said, I mean, the only two full albums I've listened to listen to is the Moonshade pool and an okay computer. So I do definitely want to go back and listen to in rainbows. Um, but I think it's, um, 
it's interesting what you guys you guys both have different favorite Radiohead albums, but that doesn't necessarily think it's the best Radiohead album. And I think we all have that opinion when it comes to like artists we like. Like, yeah, this is my favorite. Like, Relapse is my favorite Eminem album. I don't think it's the best Eminem album. There's just like those artists that you have that with. Uh-huh. Um, so with that being said, um, we want to uh, talk about the album as a whole, or do you guys want to launch into top tracks and then we can circle back, hashtag circle back and talk I'll about the album as a whole? Up to y'all, it's your both. podcast, man. <laughs> I think we can do both at the same time. Um, In true Radiohead fashion. Yeah, exactly. A little fusion action. Yeah. All right. Um, start us off with your top tracks then, Trey. Okay. Um so it's kind of hard to pick top tracks. I think this is, I mean, we've, you know, you know, I'm a stand. Um, there's really not a bad song on this album. Um, but my, I just, just narrowing it down to three. Uh, I did airbag, which is the first track on the album. I just think as far as like the, the opening guitar riff for airbag is just absolutely incredible. Um, and it really sets like the stage of, you know, this, this whole album is, it's not happy. Um, Radiohead rarely is it's definitely um, not it's yeah, really the fucking whole, sad actually yeah the, the just the themes of like absolute turmoil and you know the the collapse of human civilization because of technology that's kind of like the whole thing with okay computer um, I think airbag sets the stage really well for that um, and then uh, subterranean homesick alien um, is also one of my top tracks uh, it's kind of like the more out, one of the more out there uh, songs on the record, where it's kind of talking in perspective of like a like a alien that's like kind of seeing things from a bird's eye view um, of like civilization, uh, and I think that song's absolutely phenomenal. And then climbing up the walls is to me the like it's a perfect representation of like anxiety, um, like just the musically and lyrically. Uh, it's it's like haunting and creepy and anyone that has ever like dealt with having like, you know, anxiety or anything like that, which I mean, I think everyone does on some degree. Right. Um, I think it's like, just it, it, that, that's what that feeling is like is that song. Um, so those are, those are definitely my, my top three. Nice. Christian, what about you? So this album was interesting to listen to and kind of, I mean, kind of what you said, it, I had to, there's so, first of all, just Radiohead, there's so much fucking going on in every song. Mm-hmm. So to like really go through it, I mean, I think I listened to it four times over the past couple of days, just like trying to figure out like all these little bits and pieces. <laughs> Some of the tracks to me sound like if Christmas Caroling was turned into like dark alternative <laughs> music with good production. Airbag literally opens with sleigh bells. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's just this like dark ethereal like kind of opera like sad fucking weird sense shit that for me is hard to like from a theme perspective it gets like yeah it gets a little dark it's just kind of like jesus fucking christ at the end you know goddamn bro i love me some sad chaos shit but it's I was a ready lot to fucking after it's a lot dude um but my top tracks on this were climbing up the walls um subterranean homesick alien and paranoid android i will say outside of my bottom three my top three could be encompassing of anything outside of those bottom three which i think says a lot for the album yeah cool. that's definitely fair jordan 
yeah, so it's it's kind of funny y'all talking about listening to this album, you know, four or five times in the last couple of days to try to I feel like I've already got a solid base <laughs> for this for uh really any Radiohead album, but especially this one uh, in particular. But it's the first time I've actually written out like how I feel when I'm listening to it. I have all these like thoughts in my head and like annoy the shit out of my wife when I'm listening to Radiohead. But now like I was able to just like put it on a like piece of paper and just like spew it out. So it was actually a pretty cool experience for me to do. Um but for the top three tracks, man, it's so it's so hard. Um for me, Subterranean Homesick Alien is probably my favorite. Um I actually got the opportunity uh with one of my really good buddies to play this song live. Um have you guys heard of Pale Ladies Poorhouse in Birmingham? I've not. Mm-mm. Pale Eddies, yeah. yes. Pale Eddies, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. we were playing some birthday party, and we were like 20 years old, and we were like, fuck yeah, dude, we're going to play Subterranean. This could be so cool. Like, no one really <laughs> gave a shit. Like, <laughs> no one cared. But, like, we, drums, did, right? we felt so cool. Like, it was awesome. But, um, yeah, Subterranean, mainly, like, I don't know, it's a vibey song. It's great. Like, Trey said it's from a different perspective, but just, like, the lyrics... I don't know, it takes me to a different place like all the time. Like like when he says, uh, take me on board to the beautiful ship, show me the world as you'd love to see it. Like that right there, man, just like that line specifically, I could be listening to that any time of the day and just freaking hits me, man. Like it's it's awesome. Um second favorite song probably would have to go with Paranoid Android. Um it's a and in terms of Radiohead fans, it's a little played out. You know, you you hear that song a lot, but it is literally Radiohead's like Bohemian Rhapsody. You've got like three separate parts to the song, and like distinct different parts of the song, and like uh, Christian, I'm really gl- glad you said it. Like it is like Johnny Greenwood in his writing style, even when it's like he's writing a guitar part that doesn't feel melodic. It's cinematic. It makes you feel things, w- whether or not it feels like music, which is why he's such a great composer and has written a lot of great, you know, compositions for movies good. as well. So, um, and then my third favorite, probably Airbag, probably my favorite lyric of Radiohead of all time in an interstellar burst. I'm here to back this, like, save the universe. Like, that's just... That right there, man, like... That does the whole song for me. Um, It's a fantastic song. And, again, opening riff. You got the sleigh bells. You know you're in for OK Computer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's it's a little weird. It ends with, like, a little weird Johnny Greenwood, like, electronic guitar solo. But, like... It's just yeah, I love that song. Nice. It's part of the top three, but it's it's hard to nail down a top three for this album, honestly, because you've got so many good songs. Yeah, we've talked about that before with albums like we really really like. Like we we did the JID album, and it was really fucking hard for us to pick a top three. And I think we struggled. Christian and I struggled with the Nirvana episode too to pick a top three. Um, <laughs> But my slight sidebar, I listened to that episode and I fucking agree because that album is fucking awesome. I went back and listened to it. I've listened to it in probably like 10, 15 years, like all the way through. And I listened to it all the way through and I was like, man, I don't know. 
yeah, sorry, sidebar, but that no, was you're the, good. That yeah, was a good episode. <laughs> um, so top three for me: Paranoid Android. Um, like you said, I do feel like it's a little bit of a cliche, but God, it's just like it's such a journey. It's it's so so intense. There's so much going on musically in it that it's it's just a it's really a joy to listen to for people. I think that like just love music. Um, it really just takes you on a ride and it, and it goes so many different, different directions that you can't really ever keep track of. Like, there's no way to predict where the next, what the next thing is going to be in that song. Um, and I think that's an aspect that I, I really like particularly in that song, but just in music in general, where it's like unpredictable, but it still feels familiar in a weird type of way. Um, climb up the walls is a great song like trey says i mean throughout the whole album they i don't want to say they harp on fear i don't think that's what they're doing i think that it's just it's an emotionally heavy album and climbing up the walls is just they perfectly encapsulate kind of what that is what that emotional sense of anxiety is like and whether that's what they were trying to do or not they did it and so listening to it, it's it's a beautiful song and it's it's really intense. So I love that. And I'm shocked this is not in any of your top threes because this is my favorite out of the probably 20 Radiohead songs I've listened to. This is my favorite Radiohead song, but Electioneering. Electioneering fucking slaps. The song goes hard as shit and the lyrics are just like, I mean, it's perfect because the whole album is like this whole dystopian nightmare, right? Not, not only with technology and and our reliance on it and where that's going, but there's political, I think electioneering does a perfect job of bringing us back home and being like politics is wrapped into this as well, right? Like technology is going to be used for political gain and political manipulation. And I think electioneering is the perfect example of that and how, you know, corrupt political leaders are as as much of an issue as corrupt tech leaders, things of that nature. And Which I listen to I, electioneering I, repeatedly. I would like to point out we're talking about an album that came out in nineteen ninety seven. Right. Like they and call they are shot. calling their shots on technology. Yeah. In nineteen ninety seven. And they nailed it. And like it's crazy to look back now because that doesn't seem like to us that doesn't seem like a groundbreaking thought, right? Because to us, it's like, obviously, like, obviously you should know that like, because of what we've grown up with, you should know this technology is going to lead to manipulation on a political level, but because we're living through it, right. They hadn't lived through it at the time. And so it's just kind of like one of those perfect ways for Radiohead to say, to kind of flex, like they're just understanding of social dynamics. Um, so I love, I mean, I, I really, really love that song. And then I had honorable mention airbag cause I do love airbag. Um, and it, there is just like a, there's like a grunge sound to it still. It's like, it's still kind of, I mean, this is towards the end of that grunge era. And I think Radiohead with creep and stuff, they were in that kind of washed out grunge era and there's bits and pieces of that in airbag, but they do it really well. So that was, that was honorable mention for me. Um, so mine too. That was honorable mention on mine. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just fun to listen to. Electioneering yeah. has this awesome like swing guitar. Like it's it's almost like a it's almost like upbeat in a way. It's like dun, 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 yeah. Dun, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it really it, like it's like a really good like juxtaposition of of what they're talking about. Yeah, I will say like yeah, even even from a music perspective with them, you know, like not being super big, like 
a huge, huge fan of this album or Radiohead in general. One thing that it's just from a respect level is I feel like every time I listen to them, there are boundaries that are being pushed with their music. Whereas, you know, with a lot of stuff, you get something popular, you get an artist moving into something that's more mainstream and it feels like regardless of what they do, it is boundary. There's boundaries being pushed with their music and it's regards to you like it or not, you have to fucking, you have to drink your cup and say you respect that shit. Cause it's, it's rare. A hundred percent. Agreed. Um, all right, this is going to be really tough for you guys, but Trey, what are your bottom three? Trey's going to be like, no bottom three, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no bottom three, Blake, we're moving on. Um, <laughs> so if I have to pick songs that like, there's not a song on this album I don't like. Um, I will say that like The Tourist, I guess, is, it, it, you could maybe say that it's a bottom track, but Radiohead does this thing on a lot of their records. Um, they do it within Rainbows as well. Um where like kind of the last song is almost like a settle down uh, song, kind of like a, you know, almost like a lullaby, like videotape on in rainbows um, is, is, is kind of in a similar vein. Um, but I guess the tourists, if I have to pick one, um, I love fitter happier. I kind of want to talk about that song as a whole song as a whole. Um, but I guess if I have to like throw a song out, I would throw Fitter Happier out there, but I think Fitter Happier is at, the the poster that Eric had on his wall. Was it the Fitter Happier poster, or was it just the album art? It was the album art. Okay, cool. Because you know that was like a poster that was pretty popular. It was you know be like yeah. a rad, you know he probably got cage the antibiotics. <laughs> gotcha. Hey, I got a bunch of posters from Netflix sale too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Same. Um. So yeah, those are uh, bottom two. Isn't how I would describe them, but I guess my t- two songs that I would. I, don't know. I feel like we have to explain Love this to you every episode. Like a bottom three is not a bad thing. Like a bottom three could still be every track is a 10, but three of them are nines. And I feel like there's still a barrier there with you mentally with that concept. Like you're not I really getting like that part. Con- I don't like the concept, man. I don't like it. So there's a lot of episodes where like, you just don't, you just don't give us a three. You're just like, nah, this is my two and I'm moving on, but I respect it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Christian I'm moving on. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Um, exit here's music where they lo- here's where they lose for film. <laughs> exit music for film. It's just got this like opera backed vocals that are like chopped and sampled in there. And I'm just like, just shut the fuck up <laughs> towards the end of the song. Specifically, it makes me want to fucking blow my brains out. So uh, that's my number one. Number two, shout out to you, Trey, is Fitter Happier. Like, just no. Absolutely. Like, save me the fucking Stephen Hawking razzle-dazzle. Say what you have to say, and let's fucking move on, can we? I get it. You got a message here, but do we have to do it in the Stephen Hawking voice? <laughs> yes, Christ you do. Almighty. That's the whole point of the thing. No, no. I get it. I get the theme. It just, it's a no. Mm. I pictured him just like tapping <laughs> buttons <laughs> and uh, lucky and just for no other reason than I just don't like it. Okay. All right. All right. That's fair. <laughs> Jordan. Uh, first of all, I'm just going to say I'm going to disagree. But <laughs> um, I-, I might be out of, you know, left field here for Radiohead fans, but letdown is my biggest letdown on this album. Is not my favorite song, man. It's it comes after what you got airbag, 
Android, Subterranean, and Exit Music, which, by the way, those four songs fucking slap. I don't care if you yeah. hate Exit Music. That was written for Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Fucking great movie. Great song. Uh, but then Letdown comes on, and you're just like, eh, it's, not, it's just not the vibe. I might be able to listen to it by itself, but in total al- album-like order, I, I would be inclined to even like skip it. Like it's really just not my favorite song. Um, and then like, I don't dislike Karma Police, but I would maybe put that on there. Just it was like it, I think it was a single on this album, and like probably the most popular song on this album. I would assume in terms of like, um, you know, top one hundred or whatever. But uh, yeah, Karma Police is very okay, but. Talking shit about Lucky and the Tourist. Oof, I love those songs, man. They're so good. Like uh when the when the gospel like comes in and Lucky and the chorus, man. Oh love that song. But yeah. If I had to pick two, it would be those two. Alright. You went the I kinda expected that both of you to either say you didn't have one or reluctantly pick one or two. Well of course. Um, so He actually picked one though. Like Jordan actually yeah. doesn't care for a letdown. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, true. I could take it or leave yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so my bottom three, Karma Police, um, straight up. I my my beef with Karma Police is you can tell it was a single. Um, and even if it wasn't a single, I think you said it may have been. Even if it wasn't a single, it has single energy, and it does not feel in place with. While while I do I I do love the lyrics of it, I will say that. But just as a whole, the song I don't I don't vibe with it. Um, fitter happier. I'm with Christian, man. But here's my caveat. I don't really consider Fitter Happier a song, which we have also debated about on this podcast. Like, do do skits count? Do stuff like this count? And, like, I think there's enough, and it's long enough, you can count it as a song. Um, and I don't like it. And I – look, like Christian said, I get what you're saying. I get the message you're getting across. I get why you're doing it. But I just – like it would never be apart from the first time I hear it, I would never fucking play it again. Ever. Like there would be no, no scenario. Like, so that's a song, like if it comes on like your Spotify playlist and like it's just playing by itself, it doesn't make sense. Right? Right. So, but if you're listening to this album as a whole and not trying to go individual like individual songs, right. It's a transition that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I can look. Almost left it off. Almost left it off because it it's very interlude-y right. for this yeah, album. It's, it's right. absolutely an interlude. Yes. Yeah, and it, it does. Yeah, I know. I was I the could. same. I, I like. I, I wrote it down. and I was like, uh, it doesn't really count. <laughs> totally but then I, so I, if you yeah. asked me in 2013, I would have put "Fitter Happier" as my number one song on this album. I, was, God, <laughs> you're so that guy too. You're but, so, hey, we've grown. We've grown. Um, we've grown into somehow less but also more douchey as we've aged which is kind of (laughs) impressive it's a different type of douche this time around (laughs) speak for yourself Blake okay yeah (laughs) um and then um oh did I not put a third one on here hang on I only put two on no 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 no. I put I put I put no surprises I put no surprises Ooh, yikes Yikes! Okay. Yeah, um, that was an honorable mention for me for top. It's a three. great song. Yeah, I love that song. This is the weird thing about it. It didn't. It didn't fit into top songs. It didn't fit into honorable mention, and it was in this weird in between. But upon like probably fourth re listen, it was a. It was one of the tracks that came on, and I was like, I could, I could do without this. Not that I actively dislike it. It's just like, eh, I, 
I could take it or leave it. So it's not like a strong dislike like it is for Karma Police for me. If that makes it any better. Ooh, Karma Police is a strong dislike? I just don't I, – I really don't like it. I really don't think it fits with the album to me. Like the lyrics do, but the music just does not fit for me. I, it's very singing. It's very anthem It's very yeah. anthem I would agree with that. But I mean like, dude, no surprises. It's like this idea of the hopefulness of mundanity is like – it's so good. What is? Uh, I think I have it written down here. The best freaking line from No Surprises. Um, I'll take a quiet life, a handshake of carbon monoxide. No First of all, that's fucking terrifyingly sad. <laughs> that's the thing, dude. It's like the song is so also, like it's it's. There's a fucking glockenspiel in the song. Like so, you feel like you're happy, but like you gotta like. I've never to felt that. It's, it's, it's he's it's like he's accepting like i I don't want to compare it to have you heard the song mad world it's off the where he's like uh the the happiest thought or something is of myself dying or something like that yeah yeah. and look i'm not here to talk about suicide because i know that's you know i know we haven't (laughs) we did we did do a nirvana or you guys did a nirvana (laughs) one but (laughs) we're not gonna go there but no it's kind of like i don't know comforting in a weird way Mm-hmm. It's yeah, sad. which is definitely what he was going for. It's- yeah, which and like uh, I, I can go down the rabbit hole forever, but I've listened to some or and read some Tom York articles uh, from back in the day when they because he has different conceptions of the album than he did when he wrote it. Um, but yeah, it's a sad album, but he almost feels like a lot of it is in jest. Like especially if you listen to the lyrics of Paranoid Android which is the most terrifying lyrics on the album. Um, he he talks about how a lot of it is in jest and like trying to find the lighter side of things, even through, you know, really dark and disturbing times and lyrics. Um, so <laughs> if you can look past that, it's, I, I wouldn't say the whole album is in jest. It has a point. But it's yeah. Uh, no, it, I get what you're saying. It's it's not quite as sad as everyone thinks, right? It is, or at right. least the way Tom interprets it. People interpret it differently. However, they listen to it. But and yeah. from my understanding, when he wrote this, it was like after they've been touring pretty much nonstop for like two or three years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he was had just he basically had driven himself insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and like if the like on the the box set that got released in like 2017, there's like a whole thing of like his like like handwritten notes of like lyrics and stuff like that. And like little drawings and shit. And like, they're the drawings of like a, of an insane person. Um, And so I'm sure he looks back on it probably through better lenses than when he was writing it. Cause it's, you know, absolutely. I don't think Tom York's ever been happy a day in his life, but I think he's probably (laughs) happier. So I I actually got to go see uh, the smile here in Denver. Oh, Uh, how was that? It was it's fucking amazing because I'd never seen. I tried to go see Tom York in like 2020. COVID happened, so I couldn't go see him. I tried to go see them in New Orleans when I was in college, and then I had like a final the next day, so I couldn't go see him. And then finally, after eight years of obsessing over, you know, Radiohead, like I go get to see the smile. And like all I remember is like, you know, Reddit posts from like Brochella being like, Tom York can't sing. This is terrible. Like, <laughs> Fucking just the worst posts, <laughs> and like so, I actually went in with sort of low expectations. Tom York can sing like a motherfucker. Absolutely blew my mind. 
him and Johnny Greenwood, and I can't remember the drummer's name. He's from a different band. I forgot, but um, it was one of the most incredible concerts I've been. And Blake has been to Mission Ballroom. That yeah, venue is yeah, absolutely venue sick. So cool, man. And like, and like, I didn't expect it. You said it early on, but Tom Tom York is a showman. Like, really is. Yeah. Like he's up there dancing, having he's being a weird ass, is having a good time. Like it's it's so much fun. I saw uh, uh, tomorrow's Modern Boxes, which is like him yeah. and Nigel Godric. Nigel Godric's Radiohead's producer. Yep. Um, and he's he's essentially a member of the band. Um, mm-hmm. But him and Tom have like a side project. And it's him, Nigel Godric, and the guy who was doing the visuals was actually on stage, like kind of like catty cornered, so you could like see the screen and stuff. Um, uh, the guy's name's Tariq. I forget his, his name, but he's like a he like built this entire like visual system. Um, Christian, I think you would really really enjoy like the artwork. Um, but yeah, dude, like Tom York can sing. He can he can dance. He's he's great. Yeah, we'll um, go do fucking too. Bad. It, it yeah. fantastic, man. It was so much yeah, fun. Yeah, Should we fucking call him so you can suck his yeah, dick? Or like, seriously, you guys here? are going. I'm going to cut this off before it gets too fanboy because I do yes. want to talk about. Um, so the album Radiohead's highest album entry on the U.S. charts at the time uh, was soon five times platinum in the U.K. and double platinum in the U.S. Um, album expanded Radiohead's international popularity and popularity and has sold 7.8 million units worldwide obviously they remat they released the remastered version okay not okay um 1997 2017 released in 2017 marking the or 20 yeah 2017 marking the 20th anniversary but the reason i want to talk about it is because this the, okay the one thing that was mind-blowing to me listening to this album was people regard this album as I think a lot of people will make an argument that this is one of the greatest albums of all time. And they, in the the reviews that we'll touch on later, they talk about how it's widely accepted by a lot of people that this is, if not the best rock album of all time, one of the greatest rock albums of all time. And the reason I want to bring it up is because this is more for, for Jordan and Trey, but like, I don't get it, man. Like, I really don't get it. I, I don't understand like what it is about the album that makes it in com- not only in comparison to other rock albums, but other Radiohead albums that makes it this album that people think is the greatest album of all time, like, or one of the greatest albums of all time. Like, look, I love the album and I think my viewpoint on it is tainted from a lot of the music that I listen to now, because I think a lot of music now has similar themes to this. Where because only like, listen to rap music. What do you mean? All the music you listen to? Now? Well, I'm saying it's just a like it's a it's a popular theme, right? Like the world is bad, the government is bad, like everything is sad, like everything is bad. But you know what I'm talking about, and that's that's in hip hop music as well. Like, but I don't know. I think had I listened to this as a kid with a shitty computer in 1997, that was like a teenager, maybe it would hit with me differently. Would have blown your fucking mind. Do you think that's, but do you think that is why people view it the way that they view it is because of when it was released? Or do you think it genuinely is like, no matter what era, what time, one of the greatest rock albums of all time? Jordan, no, you, the first. Uh, yeah, I'll try to do this without taking shots at Blake. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be hard. Fuck <laughs> all of you guys. <laughs> but man, like, uh, when you talk about when it was released, I already mentioned um, he's talking about the expansion of technology and the potential harm that it could bring. Again, 1997. We barely had email, it, dude. 
Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, yeah, I was fucking we three years old, email, so. Yeah, but. <laughs> but no, it's like, if you didn't know, and it's, I think this, except for the first couple albums from Radiohead, okay, computer's on the cusp, but if you played this album, I don't think you could actually determine what era this came out in. Because you talked about the era, and saying, is this because of the era? And I think that's a big no. Big time no. Because you listen to Kid A, which is all... You don't hear a guitar until like the third or fourth song. And like, that that album sounds like it came out, you know, two years ago. And I would say, apart from a couple songs on OK Computer, you could probably say, say, like, say the same thing. Um, all of that, Blake, plus... Just, I don't know, like it was, it, it, it's, it, it's almost hard to, dis- I, I think Radiohead's the best band of all time. Um, I think they're better than Beatles, I think they're better than Pink Floyd, I think they're better than Led Zeppelin. Um, and that's just my standboy opinion. But not uh, better than Fish in Silverchair. I, I think they're better than Fish. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it was Silverchair. Have you seen that Workaholics episode when they listen to Silverchair in the car? No. <laughs> Sorry, take it to you. It's fucking hilarious. Look at um, But I think that I will. I absolutely will. Um, <laughs> I think that I think that like the like lyrically, it's just incredibly profound, especially for the time based on the topics that they're talking about. Um, musically, like Johnny Greenwood, it, this is probably Johnny Greenwood's best Radiohead album for sure. Like this is where he is on most display. Um, I mean, In Rainbows has a lot of his like more melodic composure side and more like almost like pop driven structure. It's a lot of Ed uh, O'Brien though in that album though. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's uh, well writing the guitar parts. Yeah, specifically guitar parts. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just it it is one of the best rock albums of all time. Christian, what do you think? What is what's your take on on those two's opinion of it? I mean, I compl- I completely agree with them. I mean, their perspectives, I think, are, are on point. It's not something that I'm just extremely versed in. So, like, in terms of calling it myself, would say put it as, like, the greatest rock album of all time or greatest album of all time in general. I will say, I think, what they both kind of pointed out in terms of, you know, talk about the era that this – and I think it can be said for every single one of their albums, the bits and pieces that I have listened to – I could listen to it today and it would sound like it came out. Fuck, you know, it could have come out. I couldn't tell you what time it came out of. And I think for what they've done in all of their music, like I was kind of alluding to earlier, it is always this pushing of boundaries. There's always, I could go through these are these albums where you could go through and listen to them thousands of times. And with every song, probably find something new that you didn't notice before. And it's those types of albums that I think I look at when I'm considering something that's like best album of all time or best rock album of all time. And I think this definitely encompasses that for me personally, it's not something that I would put up there, but I can see why it's put into that realm for others. Yeah. And I think like like that going back and listening to it uh, brings it back to the cinematic piece. It's like, um, I watched. Uh, have you guys like, like seen the movie uh, Prisoners? Yes. Holy, that movie's shit. awesome. When that movie ends with uh, the song off of uh, 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 T. Cole, 
uh, King of Limbs. And it just like, and the first, I've watched that movie before I even got into Radiohead and I heard that song and like, it just fits so well, but like so many of their songs are so cinematic. And I think that's why for me, it's like, I can go listen to, I can go smash like a Metallica album and feel like high on life. But like when I go listen to a Radiohead album, it, it actually makes me think like i literally have four pages of notes right here and that's not even like i could have written way more um there's like i think one thing for like rock albums sorry to cut you off it just triggered something for me but for for like rock albums specifically i think just music in general when you're listening considering top albums when you hear those artists in whatever album you're, you're talking about you see their influence in this kind of like domino effect type of influence in their sound you see it moving in that type of type of progression hashtag when i listen when i I listen to radiohead the influence is the, the variety of influence just seems so far beyond what other artists have done they might create these masterpiece albums but the influence i think is so small and where they get their sound from and kind of how it morphs and, and, and evolves. But with Radiohead, I, I just like, I'm always blown the fuck away by the production level, the sound and the influence that it comes from. Yeah. Production level, this uh, fun tidbit, this basically the whole album was recorded live. Uh, Tom did basically, I did, know that. No, I did read that. He, he did basically zero o- overdubbing. And it was recorded in some like mansion and like, in the UK somewhere. So like, and I think in rainbows is very similar where they did a lot of like first take, like in, like in a scary ass basement, like let's play body snatchers kind of thing. Like, <laughs> like, uh, uh, and I think that gives it the vibe that it needs because like Tom York's vocals aren't like, if you ever listen to an Adele album, which I'm not going to shit on Adele, you don't hear her like take a breath. It's kind of scary. Like with the overproduction, yeah. And then, but then you like listen to like these radio Radiohead albums, which have fantastic production, by the way, because they're using stupid like expensive equipment that they don't like really know how to use until they figure it out. But um, uh, yeah, it's just like it feels like a live experience, and I, I think that also attributes to how their albums feel. Kid A is a little different because it's very electronic, but um, a lot of their other albums are recorded in a an environment that gives them that vibe, but also gives a listener that kind of, you know, vibe that they wouldn't think of otherwise. I do want to talk about this because Christian and I talked about this when we talked about, um, when we talked on the Nirvana album, we talked about Nevermind, but I went, so I went back and I was looking for reviews just because we like to see what major publications say about, um, about albums that that we enjoy, but what was what I found more with this was so when they released Okay Not Okay, um, a lot of the reviews were talking about that. So this this is an article from Pitchfork, um, and it's about Okay Not Okay, and they gave it a ten. But the part I want to harp on is they say. 20 years on, Radiohead revisits their 1997 masterpiece with a deluxe reissue. The bonus material includes familiar B-sides and a few previously unheard recordings that hit at an intriguing road, not, hint at an re- intriguing road not taken. And they say, 
Um, it's still funny to think decades later that Tom York's first answer to the question was to create Radiohead's first positive album. They're talking about after um, the bends. And they say, no more Iron Lungs or songs inspired by, inspired by brutal gun rampages. He swore this time he told Enemy, I'm desperately, deliberately writing down all the positive things I hear or see. It's unclear what happened to that album. OK Computer obviously wasn't it. But there's always been a tantalizing alternate history of Radiohead's third LP lurking behind the finished product. Their sessions weren't exactly a deep dive into hell, despite the record's now concrete reputation as piece of digital age prophecy. Um, but they say more than 20 songs were widowed down to 12. In fact, in the narrative, the narrative the discarded tracks suggests has been kept under quite deliberate lock and key by the band, but now years on, they're cracking it open and releasing the vaults, perhaps to slightly underscore the point that they were always more human and connected to good old hoary rock music than their reputation reputation suggests. And I want to transition because Christian and I have already talked about this and people who have listened to the Nevermind episode have heard us talk about this, but how do you guys feel about bands 10 years on 20 years on whatever it may be releasing these B-sides and demos and different versions of this album where you can hear and see where they were going to go with it and ended up scrapping or things of that nature. Trey, I want to know what you think about like, does that change your viewpoint of the way that you see this album? Do you wish it would have gone in a different direction or to you? Does it not really matter? Like it's, you're going to, you're going to view the album the way you've, you've always viewed it. Um, I'm going to view the album the way I've always viewed it. I think that there is a, a correct and tasteful way for bands to re-release and re-release remastered albums or like drop B-sides, things like that. Um, a lot of the B-sides for OK, Not OK were already like pretty common, um, like played live songs. Like I Promise is like a very commonly played Radiohead song when they when they play uh, together. Uh, what's the other one? Man of War. Like they play that a handful of times. Lift, it's been you know it's a rarity for sure, but it wasn't like they were they were unheard of. Um, and then and, and it was kind of known, you know. Obviously, they came from this era, um. So it doesn't change my it, it, it and it would take a lot for me to change my opinion of an album because of B sides. Um, I think it's it's exactly what that is, just bonus content. It's even like even bonus tracks on a song like or on an album like when an album's released, um, like uh. For example, like Color My Soul, or uh, not Color My Soul, Color Map of the Sun. Um, there's like a couple bonus tracks on there. Like, I don't even count those in as the album. They're exactly what they are as bonus tracks. Um, so, yeah, wouldn't change my opinion in the slightest. But that, that re release is amazing. Jordan, you got any thoughts on that? Absolutely, I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting outside of my physics lab when this uh, launched. So, I was sitting there listening to all of these B sides I'd never heard before. Uh, it almost enhances my opinion on on Radiohead as a whole because they they are not a band that is that surrounds themselves. I know this is going to sound very Radiohead, but they don't surround themselves by consumerism. If you look at In Rainbows, they release that on a pay by play basis. Like literally, they released it on a website. You could pay five cents or you know, $5,000 for this album. And what, like, you know, what do you want? And maybe the, the pessimist could be like, Oh, well, they're going to make more because people are going to pay more. But I, I think that's genuinely what they think. 
So when they re-release an album, I think they are trying to give their perspective at the time of the release of the album. And like, here are some B-sides that almost made it, but they're not quite there. But we also think they're pretty good. Um, Maybe be crazy like me and a bunch of my friends. And uh, Blake is met Wes. Uh, and create like your ideal Radiohead album, B-sides included. It's um, a cool idea, actually. It's, it's awesome. I've got two created albums that we've done so far, and it's like, how do you make transitions happen and stuff like that? I don't. That's obviously not their intent, but uh, it's, it's. I think it's pretty cool that they do that. And there's obviously bands out there that do it for profit. I don't think Radiohead is that. That's uh, fair. That's definitely fair. Um, well, I think we've about rinsed it. I mean, we've, we've quote unquote waxed it poetic as Trey would say. <laughs> we, I think I've like five more pages of notes. So. Just start reading, baby. Um, yeah. No context. Just read the notes. <laughs> Can I mention really fast? Because I was really proud of this one because I've actually read the book. Um, actually quick trivia time. Since I love trivia, Blake knows I've watched Jeopardy every day. Um, fucking nerd bro the story nerd he would walk this guy was my roommate for a year and a half which was terrible but you know great at the same time oh I forgot y'all lived together yeah he'd come home I was watching Jeopardy he's like fucking nerd Um, so not the whole album but the especially Paranoid Android and OK Computer do you know what specific book that came from no fucking idea Trey Came from Hitchhiker's Galaxy of the Universe. Trey knew. I fucking knew Trey would know, bro. What's up, baby? Don't test me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from because uh, Marvin, right? I think it's the Marvin. Name, right? Marvin the Paranoid Android. I am yeah, no Android. Marvin the Paranoid Android. Yeah. It's or crazy. I, or I um, may be paranoid, but I'm no Android. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's do final ratings. Um. We can release a B-side of Jordan just by himself reading all of his notes. Uh, <laughs> that'll be our B-side. In the, um, in the uh, fitter, happier voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Trey, lead us off. What do you give it out of 10? 10 out of 10, Blake. Moving all right, on. I already saw that coming. It's a Moving perfect, on. Perfect record. <laughs> Christian? I'm going to give it a uh, 7. Okay, that's. I think that's a fair rating. Um, Jordan, what about you? Uh, it's a 10. All right. Um, and I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to give it an eight actually. Um, again, I think if we had two or three hours, we could get more into my general thoughts on why I don't really see it as the greatest album, one of the greatest albums of all time, but I will say it's good. And the lyrics are obviously really hard hitting and it's, I don't know, it's a good album. So I'll give it an eight. Um, Jordan, if you ever want to just do a you and me episode where we just talk about Radiohead from top <laughs> to bottom one day, just Dude. clear out a whole Saturday afternoon, and we can sit here and drink and just talk about Radiohead. That, I, it sounds like my ideal afternoon. So. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> okay, so let's roll into um, Rides or Dies. My phone. Oh, I got to show you all my phone. Look at this. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Let yeah, I, I can't How, use the right side. I can't use the right side, the left side, or the bottom of it. So I can't like if I try to like 
like slide up from the bottom. I, I have no idea. Someone stepped on it or dropped. Some, I don't know. Um, so I can't. I don't remember what we all sent each other. I do remember mine. So you guys are gonna have to lead it off. But Christian, you want to start with yours? T- uh, tell us about your song. Yeah. Uh, so when we did our top fives, I was talking about uh, that artist Imanu, and he's been. I kind of have been dabbling more in his stuff and features that he has on on that album. I think it's called Unfold that we talked about. And one of the features on it is this guy that I've just been diving into, Hudson Lee, but he's got a few tracks with this other artist called False Noise. Um, so mine this week is a track by both of them called Lost. It's very Koan uh, sound type of vibe. But yeah. yeah. Can I start first? Go for it. Okay, so uh first of all i'm sorry to trey and blake this was actually probably my favorite song of the riser dies i'm not upset that you like the song more i'm upset that you just gave christian a huge ego boost he did not need (laughs) i'm gonna replay this on thursday morning and just masturbate violently (laughs) oh you can't see it but i've got i've got a blade runner 2049 poster right here i said this song feels like the matrix and blade runner is making sweet love (laughs) <laughs> um, just absolute cyberpunk vibes, like Ryan Gosling walking through like the rain and downtrodden Los Angeles, and I kind of live for that. Like it's it was 100%. fucking awesome. It was Hell awesome. Yeah. Like it's like super like growly like bass. It's like a synthy fuzzy bass. It's not like your normal like sorry Blake, not your normal hip hop bass. It had some fuzz to it and like just. I don't know. Got that grit. I listened. I was with my wife, and we were just listening to these songs together. And I listened to it initially on the laptop, and I was like, "Yeah, it's pretty good." Then I put my headphones on. I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, oh it yeah." Sets the tone like right away. But yeah, no, like hardcore cyberpunk vibes. Loved it. It was fantastic. Fuck yes. Yeah. Fuck nice. yes. I um. I will also say it rides. I mean, this is we talked about this ad nauseum christian and i have very similar tastes in a lot of music especially music like this um so you know whenever christian sends this i feel like it's almost like him reaching out to me specifically and giving me <laughs> kind of like a musical hug you know like it's kind of curated for both of us in a weird way um so yeah i gotta say a musical tug it's a musical tuggy yeah so i gotta say uh it rides trey what do you think oh yeah <laughs> Uh, I think this song definitely rides. I think Hudson Lee had, didn't he have a opening spot for a Tipper and friends lineup at some point? And it was a yeah. really good set. Um, yeah, I would say not my, uh, not my typical bass music that I would listen to. Uh, but I really, really enjoyed it. I think Jordan kind of encapsulated a lot of the same thoughts I had. Nice. Um, so my song was, um, Max Eterna by Metallica. It's a single. Um, they just released it recently and I didn't like it initially, um, but I have listened to it a few times since. And I don't know if we've talked about this, but I've grown over this year specifically to really love Metallica. And I've been listening to them a shit ton. Um, so I picked it partially because I like the song, but also because it's a it's a single. Um, so, Jordan, what do you think? Rides or dies? Um, hold on. <laughs> so... <laughs> First of all, I, I love I love Metallica. Uh, I would say middle school, high school, that was like, you know, Kill 'Em All, Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning, Black Album. That was my shit, and still is. I like I listen to that all the time. Um, I haven't listened to Metallica really since Death Magnetic. I think it came out like '08 or something like that. 
Um, I didn't love that album. Um, so I've got some feelings about this song, basically, to kick also, it off. Also, it's, it's Lux Eterna. Um, I, like I said, I don't have my fucking phone, so I don't know what I'm saying. No, 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 yeah, Lux Eterna. But it's spelled with, like, the weird A, like yeah, yeah. Elon Musk's son or yeah. kid or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. But, um, so basically, what I had written down is... Um, I had to listen to it like four or five times because I'm like, I like Metallica, but like, I need to really dive into this. It really feels like thrash metal again, because like the actual like riff that uh, Kirk Hammond is bringing in feels like legitimate thrash metal, which again, I haven't listened to Metallica in a while, but uh, from what I remember, Black Album on, they were kind of not thrash out, uh, thrash metal at all. Um, the issues with this song for me, because I did like the riff and thrash metal parts. But <laughs> um, we'll start with James Hetfield's voice. It's <laughs> it's long gone. Like long, 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 long whoa, gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> when the song kicks in with this like thrash metal, you're just like fucking, oh, I could go lift like fucking 300 fucking pounds right now. And then his voice comes in, you're like, this is the corniest like Benjamin, <laughs> like, breaking benjamin bullshit i've heard in like a very long time and it really pissed me <laughs> off because i was like this is so good and then james hetfield's voice comes in and i'm just like ah no it's it's like it's way too corny for 2022 i'm so sorry but it is the only part i liked he went full voice during the chorus saying lexi turner and it was like okay that's that's fine give him um, the dies but also um Kirk Hammett's worst guitar solo of all time. All right, you know what? I don't like was... the fucking slander that I'm getting here. <laughs> Kirk Hammett. Okay, so I will I will try to shorten this up because everyone's trying to just give me this the music. But um, Kirk Hammett is a great guitar player. I will admit that. But he does things that also piss me off. And in this song, it's like he was trying to like feed all of the tropes he's had in the last 40 years into one guitar solo. And it was like, it it had no direction. It was like the worst guitar solo I've heard in a very long time. I don't care if you're fucking shredding, there was no direction. And it sounds like something you did on Ride the Lightning and on St. Anger and on the Black Album. Like, it just didn't fit. Um, That's fair. I'm going to say it slightly rides just because I like Metallica. (laughs) But those two things really pissed me off only because I like Metallica. All so right, I was slightly right. That's fair. Trey? Um, I am not the biggest fan of Metallica or this particular genre of music in general. Um, I'm going to give this a hard dies. I'm not All really right. sure why Metallica is. I tried to listen to it on Napster, but I couldn't pull it up. <laughs> nice um, so, uh, you know, yeah, dies, hard dies. Whatever, fuck you, Christian. Yeah, so um this this is bad. This dies. So I uh, and listen, I've really tried. I tried, you know, I love I love me some good Metallica. Where it's at now, I heard this song and just like the lyrics. I pictured them going on some fucking stupid tour. Everybody's 50 years old and up and racist <laughs> as shit yeah. in fucking Little Rock, Arkansas. <sighs> and 
he's literally bringing to get like it says <laughs> anticipation in domination as sea of hearts beats as one unified he's rallying all the nazis he's rallying january 6 part two he's, two he's playing at january 6 part two the sequel january 7th we have to all right you know what fuck you guys i sh- i need to say this you guys bash me for sending only hip-hop songs and every time i send a song that's not a hip-hop song you guys shit all over it so fuck you guys Bro, i'm done i gave you a, i gave you a ride Okay. All right. That's true. Count, count for something. Count for something. Chub rides. Come on. Grateful you let him come on the podcast. So he's like, I can't <laughs> tell this man his own song dies on his own podcast. All right, Trey. What do you got? All right. So, um, I, you know how you said that you feel like Christian is giving you like a musical hug every time he sends a song. I feel yeah. like I'm giving him giving you a musical fuck off. Um, <laughs> A punch in the balls, if you will. Uh, so my song is uh, a song by Soccer Mommy. Um, she's like this like indie pop girl. Um, I think she's really cool. Uh, it's kind of I, I'm kind of going through a little bit of like a female indie pop phase. Um, I think I showed you her. Um, I'm not sure if you did or not, uh, but mm. possibly. Um, mm-hmm. But the song that I chose is Circle the Drain. Um, so what did y'all think? All right, I'm going to go first. You know what? Fucking <laughs> joke's on you. Fuck you, because I liked it. All right? Did so, you really? Yeah, so mission failed. We'll get him next time. <laughs> I, I liked it. And I thought that it was very, like, it was the cool, It like, it's not really pop. What did you, you didn't say it was female pop, right? I don't really get, like, pop. In, in, like, indie pop is kind of her thing. Almost yeah. Like, like, yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. So get rolled, bitch. Um, Christian, what do you think? <laughs> give it like a little habsy on the rides it's very situationally based for me it's just because it, it's like that cheryl crow but it's like sad type of vibe it's like that type of voice but just a sadder vibe it just got to be in the mood for it i enjoy it but i really have to be in that exact specific mood and today i was not in that specific mood that's fair so you're giving it a half rides give it a half ride so i can be happy jordan Trey, I'm a, a slightly disappointed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, this man. playing like, backfired on Trey so bad. I liked it, and no one else does. <laughs> look, man, like, I literally, as I was listening to it, like, I first thing I was like, the first, like, chord progression sounds like Don't Look Back and, like, Anger by the fucking, by Oasis. Um, <laughs> is it 19... 19- is it uh, is it 19 is it 1993 again (laughs) i also wrote that um i also i said to to your benefit i don't dislike it but i feel like i would have liked it more and felt more like nostalgic if it came out like 35 years ago (laughs) that is kind of what it feels like to be honest and um (laughs) the last thing i have to say about it uh before it dies because it did um This song would would 100% be a cutscene, like an angsty cutscene from 10 Things I Hate About You. 100%. I had, you know, I consider that a compliment. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that movie. I just watched it not that long ago, actually. That's the first thing I thought of. Like, this is a cutscene from some, like, 90s movie. Like, it dies. I'm sorry. 
okay. If it came out 35 years ago, I'd be like, wow, this, I heard this song in the back of my dad's, you know, Corvée or whatever. It's like an old car. And like, yeah, it feels like 1996 again, but no, not right yeah. now. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. I apologize deeply, but. Have an opinion, you know. All right. feel something. Jordan, and last but not least, what is your song? Uh, it's the Ace of Aces by the Fearless Flyers. It is a Wolfpack project. Wolfpack has many projects, such as Wolf, Wolfmon, uh, and the Fearless Flyers. Fearless Flyers is a trio of strings and a very, very badass drummer who plays on like a two, three-piece set, Nate Smith. Um, I got to see a couple of these people in concert, and I'll just say Joe Dart is my lord and savior. Um, fantastic bass player, just the absolute, absolute best. And I just love... If you get the chance to watch any of these Fearless Flyers or Wolfpack videos, extremely lo-fi and funky, and they are single-handedly bringing back the funk genre to the modern era, kind of like how uh, SRV Stevie did in the 90s with blues. Like, I, I, I don't say that lightly. Like, these guys are legit. I'll go uh, first. Yeah. Um, Wolfpack is awesome. Um, I have seen him once at like a festival, so it wasn't like really like a full on show. Uh, this song definitely rides. I I did not know they had these like all these different side projects. To be honest, they have um, so many side projects. It's insane. It reminds me a lot of like lettuce. If you have, lettuce is a bit more like progressive funk than this is. Um, this is like just straight balls to the wall. Yeah, it's just jazz funk. funk. Like yeah, lettuce yeah. is prog funk, but like yeah, yeah, lettuce is. Um, funk. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely give it a rides. Christian? Dude, yeah, I mean, the fucking drums on this, I mean, goddamn. I fuck with Wolf, but, like, have never, like Trey was saying, haven't kind of gotten into any of these side projects, but this song fucking rides so hard. I went through, like, this whole, like, what is it, six-track album with them, and goddamn, I don't care what mood you're in, like, this fucking rides. Yeah, it was like, um, it was super super funky. Uh, the bass line is what kind of drew me oof. to it. The bass line is is fucking dirty. Um, so yeah, I really liked it too. I I do need to listen to more of this and uh, more of Wolfbeck. But yeah, I, I give it a ride too. So rides all around. Um, okay, all right, whatever. I mean, besides my slander, I think that was a good session. <laughs> but <laughs> now it's now it's time. For the for the pinnacle, I Trey, I hope you brought your A game. All right. I hope you brought your A game. We have a guest on. You gotta really bring the heat. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Trey's Terrible Twitter Takes. My name is Trey, and I'll be your host for the evening. <laughs> oh, 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 oh shit, out, shit, sorry. Thank you. Damn. <laughs> I haven't done the I class in so long that I keep forgetting I used to do them. Yeah, I, li- I live and die off words of affirmation, so the fucking claps really get me going. All right. First up, um, this is this is our first tweet. This is from a dear friend of ours, Carlo. Uh, uh, Carlo's uh, Twitter handle is at I love Parmesan. Um, uh, he says. <laughs> 
this. Also, if you're in a great relationship, frankly, I find it disgusting and inappropriate, and you should keep it to yourself. This is supposed to be a safe space for toxicity, and I find your love intrusive. <laughs> so I'm not sure if this tweet was written directly about Christian's newfound love or not, but I interpreted it that way. Christian, we get it. You're happy. We fucking hate it. All right. <laughs> great tweet. Great tweet. Doesn't bother me at all. Doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> okay, what else? <laughs> Okay, so um, this is a tweet from uh, Kyle Shaney. Um, so the quote tweet is, I did it. I found the weirdest moment in the Jan 6 committee transcripts released so far. Um, this is a transcript between witness Samuel Arms and his lawyer, Anessa Santos. All right, so as we all know, these committees have been going on for quite a while, and these people are just fucking lunatics. So for it to be the best weird moment, it's going to have to be great. All right, so Mr. Arms, sorry I'm cramping. Miss Santos, okay, take a moment, take a moment, take a moment. Go ahead, that's all right, take a moment. Do you want a quick moment? Mr. Armas, no, no, I'm good. I just did a Miss Santos. Charlie Horse, Charlie Horse. Mr. Armas, I'm good. I just did leg day today, and I maxed out my PR squats, and now it's hurting. (laughs) Miss Santos, take a moment. He's on the floor. Mr. Armas, no, I'm good. I'm good. Man, this is embarrassing. You're all right. I understand what you're feeling. Miss Santos, it's okay. Take a moment. Mr. Armas, no, I'm good. We're good. I'm back. By the way, that PR was 425 pounds. (laughs) That will now be in the congressional record, so that's good. <laughs> Mr. Arms, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> okay, so first off, I don't know who this guy said his name was, but it's Christian Hicks, okay? It was... <laughs> So I don't oh, know who the fuck that guy's pretending to be, but it's Christian, okay? And... Any work I've ever had with my direct boss. <laughs> like that this man's like okay i'm gonna tell i'm gonna say what my max out was so it's in congressional record is fat you know <laughs> that that was his whole fucking goal going into it was he uh, had to get that in somehow he wasn't even cramping you know he lied about uh, that number too yeah who the fuck doesn't all right so <laughs> this isn't necessarily a tweet um this is just kind of a funny tidbit um so oasis uh frontman liam gallagher um Oh, this is going to be great. He was a notorious asshole um, oh, yeah. and just a huge dick. Uh, he was he came out with a solo record. I hope no one ever listens to it. Um, and uh, I really don't like him. And um, <laughs> so he's getting an interview and they were talking about his kids and his kids are into grime music. So he said, Stormzy Skepta, he seems pretty mad. I like him. He continued. They also like that bloke WhatsApp Ricky. You know, the American geezer, stylish, funny, gold teeth. When the interviewer asked if he meant ASAP Rocky, ASAP. Gallagher responded, Oh, yeah, that's the fella. What's that, Ricky? That's a better <laughs> fucking name, anyway. <laughs> what the fuck is he saying? It sounds like the rantings of a fucking drunk uncle. Like, what the it, fuck? That is, it is. That's Liam Gallagher. That's, that's Liam Gallagher. Um, yeah, so he um. thinks ASAP Rocky's name is What's Up, Ricky? <laughs> One more, um, and then I know we're kind of all over time, so I'll just I'll just do this one. Um, this is a screenshot from uh, from Reddit. Um, it's from r backslash drug circle jerk, <laughs> and <laughs> the, the header is "I fucking love being homeless." 
I literally don't have shit to worry about anymore. I can go out and do whatever the fuck I want to every day now. I have practically no stress, depression, anxiety, anything anymore. I'm in the best shape I've ever been in, both mentally and physically. I ride my bike all over the city all day. Got insane fucking salmon now. I got shorties down to let me nut inside them now. I shoot meth all the fucking time and do whatever the fuck it is I have the urge to do. Last night, I masturbated in a tool shed and climbed 40, a 40-foot 40 tree and hung out at the top of it just watching nothing for hours life is fucking amazing and i truly mean it this i'm guy, so glad i muted my mic dude <laughs> this that's just trey trey you wrote this you wrote this <laughs> it's trey dude he fucking bums someone's house just to record the pod but the rest of the time he's doing exactly what that guy just said you know just like, it goes my hero <laughs> I am actually homeless this month. Um, <laughs> God damn it. This is why I keep having to text Trey and be like, do you have good internet today? Because I never know where the fuck he's going to be. The public Wi-Fi has just not been great at the library. <laughs> Holy shit, that was so that was good. Great. That was great. Oh, you're okay, um, do you have any more? You done? No, that's it. Yeah, that's good. Okay. We'll cut it that. All right. Well, um, sorry we ran long, but I think it was a good episode. Thanks for um, uh, talking to us, Jordan. It was good to have another Radiohead fanatic on. I'm sure Trey appreciated it. Um, I would definitely listen to a B side with you guys, just circle jerking Tom York um, for sure. <laughs> but um, hey, let's, uh, let's get some claps for Jordan from the, yeah, uh, the clap machine. Great guest, um, Jordan. Thank you. Clap machine. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I went a little little long. That's my problem. I can't help that, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck them. Oh, it's a podcast. We get as long as we fucking want and kiss our ass. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you guys next Thursday. Um, thanks for sticking around for an hour 16, and we will talk to you guys soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, all. Peace. Peace.